Hey folks, welcome to episode 186 of the FLW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Jody White in uh, Hopkins, Minnesota. I'm joined by the one, the only Kyle Wood. Well, hello. Hey, so we have an actual podcast for you guys this week. Uh, yeah. Like guests and everything. The real deal. Uh, which is pretty exciting. Because I feel like it's kind of been a bit of a fragmented podcast relationship these last uh, couple weeks. But we're back on our grind. At least yeah, it did literally. It did get a little week. rocky. Yeah, and then <laughs> then we're gonna be off it. <laughs> yeah, then next week is gonna be up to Kyle to do something because I'm out trying to catch fish. Then the week after that, it'll be Kentucky Lake, and we're gonna nail that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyhow, uh, that being the case, we've got Mark Rose set up uh, for coming on the podcast to talk probably a little AOI. I'll try and get a little bit of that out of him. Uh, but definitely just some fishing in general and stuff like that, because that's always uh, good to know, good to talk about. Um, Absolutely. And then, Kyle, you and I are going to talk about a whole bunch of uh, fishing-related news, because it's tournament season, and, you know, we got them. Oh, boy, do we. Uh, but anyhow, I guess that if uh, if we're good to go, we're good to go. Sound like plan? Yes, sir. All right, well, in that case, here is... Mark Rose, and we'll be back shortly. And now we're joined by Mark Rose, uh, coming off an excellent finish at Lewis Smith Lake, uh, 22nd. Fished uh, the third day for, let's see, the the fourth time this season, and is also leading the AOI race. Uh, Mark, uh, congrats on a great season so far, uh, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jody. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know about excellent finish at Smith Lake, but I, I, I finished. Uh, I feel like I won, Jody, because Smith Lake has not been good to me. Neither, neither has Harris Chain. When I come away from either one of those lakes, I feel like I've won the tournament. But uh, I do appreciate it. Well, you know, at Smith, uh, you came out of there. You finished twenty second, and you beat one hundred and sixty guys. That's uh, I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, you beat Brian Thrift, which that's very important. <laughs> uh, so anytime you get ahead of Brian Thrift, Andy Morgan, Scott Martin, any any of those guys that consistently do well day in and out, yeah, you realize that uh, it wasn't just a uh, the fish were in a little funky mood, and yeah, I I was able to find some deep, which is the one thing that uh, you know, I guess if there was any advantage, I. I found some consistent stuff out, maybe a little deeper than most people were looking. Can you, I know usually uh, patterns wise, you know, we focus on the top five, the top 10, the guy who wins. Um, Right. But can you kind of talk about how you caught your fish in that tournament a little? Because uh, you say deep, but you know, what, what were you doing? Because here's the thing, you finished 22nd, you're Mark Rose, like that's still worth knowing. Yeah. Well, what I found early on that first day, and it was, I think, consistent across the board. Everybody caught them really good. That first and, day of uh, practice. That sun, yeah, that Sunday, yeah. the first day of practice. And uh, what I began noticing is is that, uh, you know, it was good, shallow, and, and everything. And I said, well, i got to figure out something different than just this because everybody's going to catch these type fish in these conditions. 
prevail. And then I started looking at the weather right then, and I saw where we had some, you know, some post-front conditions coming, especially um, Friday and Saturday. And so I was like, man, I better try to find something else. And that's when I just started backing out a little more. Um, these herring lakes, if, if anything that I'm learning about herring lakes, is that as soon as they spawn, they get out in, in more open water. But they're going to be close to something. They're not just going to be right out over, you know, 200 feet, just in the middle of nothing. They're still going to be close to something. And so I just started backing out on a lot of the points and uh, using my side scan, finding these little hard places. Just if you go around a rounding point, so to speak, just a main lake point, you'll always find some little, whether it be a stump, whether it be a sharp break on one side or just mainly at smith lake it was a good patch of hard bottom and uh and so i would find and, and just mark them those patches of hard bottom and i would stay back off them catch a uh a strike king ocho rigged a couple of different ways uh nico style was was really pop was effective and then uh another way i was rigging that ocho was with a shaky head and i i throw eight most of the time, but when I'm out deep, I like going a 316th. I rarely go to a quarter, or uh, I know a lot of people throw a quarter. I just, uh, I like that 316. I like for my shaky head to be floating and not just digging in the ground most of the time. Um, so I was rigging it that way, and then, uh, of course, the Nico rig, and then uh, a rib body swim bait, though, is kind of how I found the little key spots and I guess the little packs of uh, aggressive fish i could catch them doing that and then i knew that when it slipped off and got bluebird that i could rely on the the, the strike king worm to to catch them and that's exactly what i did when it was the wind would blow and they were aggressive or early in the morning or anything like that i would catch them on the little swim bait and then uh all the rest of the time i kind of had found where they were located like the exact cast where most of them were sitting ambushed so that's where I would, uh, when it got slick, I would throw the worm. How many uh, spots did you have? Because it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you had probably a lot of different options, but maybe it narrowed down to just a few places that were really good. Well, it was a pattern uh, in practice. I kind of, but then I found about eight areas where they were really, where I could get bit. And it seemed like anytime I would catch one, I would pull them off and I could never catch two in a row. So I would just rotate though. And, and I could come back 30 minutes later and catch one again. But whenever I'd catch them, I could see them, you know, the spaghetti noodles or whatever people call them where they're, you know, following baits out. Basically I could see it all underneath my trolling motor. And I knew then that the fish had come out and they were really hard to drop back on right there and catch. Uh, Cody Meyer probably could have caught those fish. But I, I tried everything and I, I couldn't, so I had to wait on them to get back in position, and then I could catch them back up. So it was just a rotation of about eight spots. That's that's pretty cool. And yeah, you're right. Cody Meyer is uh, pretty much a genius when it comes to that kind of stuff. If uh, yeah, if there's yeah. fish that can't be caught, he'll catch them. Right, his hair stands up when he sees fish like that. But I I just I struggle with spots that follow me out. Like on the Tennessee River, if I move a school of fish, I feel like I've not every time, but I, I, my confidence is up to be able to still catch those fish, move them around and still catch. But with spots, uh, after they've seen 
the boat or after they've come up with another fish, it's they're really hard for me to catch whenever they're floating around out there uh, waiting to go back. Okay. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, before we kind of look ahead and look at your season as a whole, I want to ask you about Lake Okeechobee. At Okeechobee, you finished third, and you really, you had a great tournament. Um, you caught 24 pounds the first day, 23 and change the second day, and then you had bags in the teens each of the last two days. Do you feel like that tournament got away from you a little bit? Because obviously Tim Frederick just improved throughout, but for a while there, it really looked like, you know, it was going to be maybe you or Chris Johnston walking away with it. Yeah, um, I, I know exactly what happened at Okeechobee. I found a good area, and I thought the first day that it was a hydrilla place, and I thought that they were just kind of staging and waiting to go in, and they were buried up in that hydrilla. And it was stringy hydrilla. It wasn't too thick, so the fish were coming out of it. They could still see the bait. They could feed, and I thought they were just staging there. But the more I look back on it and learn that that's not the case, those fish were all bedding right there because I feel like I watched fish being caught all around me. I watched the people that came in. Like, it was just me and uh, Zach Burge and uh, Matt Reed that started there. I believe we were the only three people that knew those fish, that kind of quality and the potential that place had. Um, of course, after we started catching them, here they come and, and other people found their way in. But I watched when people would come in and where the fish were caught. And it was, it, it was every time somebody caught a fish, it was out of a kind of a different area. So I really believe that those big ones were there bedding and we caught them and, uh, because you had to work a, a bait fairly slow to be able to get the bite, even even with the vibrating jig. Um, and so, looking back on it, I found a good area, had some big ones bedding. I was fortunate enough to be one of the ones that that capitalized on some of the biggest ones. Of course, Chris Johnson being the other guy that capitalized on some of the big ones. And he and I came out of there, you know, I feel like with just a really good tournament because we caught the bedding fish that were there. I think uh, Tim Frederick, the same way, the same deal, what I just said, but he was sort of the only one staying in that area where I had, you know, four or five great fishermen around me. He pretty much was doing, was kind of had it to himself, so to speak, especially those last couple of days. I feel yeah, like that's, that's what happened at Okeechobee. Okay. That, that, was a, uh, that was a really fun tournament. Uh, you know, just from a fishing perspective, uh, more than anything else, because a lot of times at Okeechobee, you do see a lot of guys kind of group up, and you and Brian Schmidt and the Johnstons kind of ended up grouped up, but there were enough yep. other guys sort of spread around, and you definitely could see that the guys who had areas to themselves kind of pulled yeah. away into the weekend, I would say. Um, yeah, that area where I was, I mean, we had me and Zach and Matt Reed and, uh, of course, the, the Johnstons. Uh, Schmidt wasn't really – he was kind of in – spent most of his time in another little section close by, but he would make a pass through there, but he wasn't really one of the ones that was uh, kind of hammering it with me. It was it was those guys I mentioned, plus James Niggemeyer and, uh, and, a, and, a, and another handful of other ones that – 
kind of uh, weave their way through. But you know, those all of us, we were just we were there the whole time, pretty much. Well, after the first couple hours of the first day, uh, all those people just kind of sat on it, and we it just ran out, Jody. I mean, that's all there is to it. It was just it was an unfortunate situation where it was right out in the middle, and uh, really easy to see what was we going just on. Them all. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, in the past, you've kind of downplayed Angler of the Year. You don't you don't talk about you don't like to talk about it too much. I know you like to say you don't pay attention to it. So I'm kind of expecting a similar answer. But I went and looked it up. You have never led the Angler of the Year race past the second tournament. Last year, right? You led uh you led going into the Harris Chain, and then you came out of it and you won the first two tournaments and then Brian Thrift had the AOI lead because he finished second in the first two tournaments. Um, yeah. But now we've got two tournaments left and you've got a decent little lead in the AOI race. So I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, it's humbling and, and it's good to see and all that. And you're right. I don't, um, I'm not a guy that, the angler of the year is not one of the goals that I set in a year. It's, it, it's, it's a goal that some people say they set. That, that's not one of my goals. And, and, and I really have one goal in professional bass fishing. And, and that one goal is um, enter into every sea, every tournament. I, I, I go into every season saying, I'm going to give it all I got every tournament. And when I walk away and I feel like I might have, slept in an hour or practice one day because I was sick or or if I, you know, might not have been as efficient with my time on the water in practice or something like that. I walk away going, man, I, I, I slacked a little bit on that because I should have not spent so much time figuring out what color worm they would hit with, and I should have rode around. And So I've learned that to give it all I got every tournament, practice and in the tournament, I don't slack. It's when I'm there. Because I don't do a lot of pre-fishing and, 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 and all this other stuff. I just But when I'm there, I give it all I got. And that is my main goal. If, I'm winning, if, I'm, if, if that leads to an angler of the year position like I'm in right now, I'll, give, I'll continue giving it all I got. But I'm not going to change anything. I, I didn't cha- I'm not going to change anything for Kentucky Lake than I did entering into Okeechobee this very first term. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Kind of like David Dudley says, I don't swing for the fences some tournament and then you know because i swing for them every tournament I, I give it all i got every tournament and so that is my only goal and whatever that leads in fishing i'm very content with it i'm 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 at peace with that but if i put in a goal on myself to win angle of the year and i come up 25th or 70th or whatever in the aoi race then it it leads me to feel like i did something wrong and that this way the only goal i have is give it all i got Okay. So don't I don't really downplay it. I just I don't like to talk about it because it's not one of my main main goals. You, you know what I mean? Now it is. I mean, yeah. It, once you see that it's in reach and you want to continue giving it all you got, but I'm not going to do anything different. That just means keep business as usual for me. Okay. Have you? Is there any tournament this year where you feel like you, whether you were sick or you had uh, something else on your mind or anything like that, where you feel like you didn't give it all you had for even a day or do you feel like this season you've accomplished your goal every day to this point well you and i even talked some uh 
as some practices uh, when you wanted to do interviews with me this year, like at Lanier and stuff. Yeah, yeah you were there sick then, weren't whenever. you? I had flu uh, for a long, I had a long bout of the flu this year, but I can't say really looking, I mean, because I still uh, fished through it, and thank God that I was able to continue to perform even though I had it. I sound terrible and felt terrible, but I was still, my mind was still good, and I was able to, so I don't think it, I wasn't 100% by any means, but uh, uh, now I can't think of any time that I've been handicapped so far this year. I've, I've really been blessed in the fact that my carpal tunnel, now I can say last year uh, that I was a, that my, where I finished in angler of the year was affected by uh, when I had a couple bad tournaments and fell out of the race there to Andy and Brian I, I, I can I know for a fact that affected me then because I couldn't fish right but I've been able to fish right this year and I'm hoping that it doesn't come back like that again this year it, it tends to bother me worse in the summer when it gets hot for some reason but okay. uh, well theoretically right now yeah theoretically on that you know it could be pretty hot at Kentucky Lake but at St. Clair it's likely to be uh, quite comfortable uh, so right hopefully uh, good things to come um how do you feel about the, these two remaining events uh i assume you got to feel pretty good about kentucky right jody i i can't think of another place that i would rather go leading the angler of the year race having said that i don't feel i'm not sitting here saying hey i got this <laughs> i don't i i don't underestimate the the the, the how good the guys behind me are and i know that no matter how good you feel going into a tournament no matter how comfortable you're still going to have to put you know five good ones on the scale every day and i can't guarantee that i'm going to do that all i can say is that i feel really good right now and i love going to kentucky lake that's all i can say about them okay Uh, and i even like st Clair. of all the great lakes st Clair is my favorite uh a lot of people don't know this, but I actually won the Angler of the Year in the Coastas, or back then it was Strand or whatever it was, and the Northerns, um, and a couple of our tournaments was on St. Clair, especially the final one, and uh, where I actually, you know, won the Angler of the Year in the Coastas on that on St. Clair, which was the final tournament. So I'm very there, there again. I've had some bad ones, you know, up there, or some that weren't, weren't so well, but. Um, I wasn't near as involved in electronics back then as I or offshore fishing as I am right now. So I really like where we're going. I like the two tournaments, not just that I'm leading angler of the year. I just like them, the fact that we're going to them. I think they're both going to be good fisheries, and we're going to have a good time. And Lord willing, uh, if it's meant for me to stay on top after those two, uh, that'll be great. If not, again, Jody, I'm I'm very content. If I finish third, fourth, tenth, twentieth, in Angler of the Year, if I, you know, if I have an emergency back home, I'm going. Angler of the Year doesn't mean everything. It's, it's not what I stake my claim on or my career on or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, it's not my everything. But I, but since it's there, I'm gonna give it all I got. All right. Well, yeah, I just looked up. I guess that was uh, the Midwest Division in 2005, I think. Um, and yeah, you had, let's yeah. see, you finished, uh, 25th on the Mississippi river, which was your worst finish of the year, <laughs> uh, surprisingly. And then, uh, 19th on the Detroit river and 12th on the Detroit river, which both of those are St. Clair and then, uh, or Erie. And then, uh, 
13th on Michigan. So, yeah, you got some smallmouth chops. Yeah, both of those <laughs> both of those I ran to St. Clair. <laughs> that's uh that's for sure. Um I I guess uh I don't really have anything else to to add except that you know, you've had the kind of career and you've had the kind of accomplishments that it, if you got through your career and you retired and didn't have an Angler of the Year title, that would be something that, like, someone of your caliber would be expected to have that almost, especially with how much we fish the Tennessee River and how good you've been there. So I really, it, it would be, you know, I'm not saying you're never going to have a chance to win another AOI, because you will, I'm sure, but it seems like uh, seems like this could be the time. If uh, if I had to say so myself, so I uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to these last two tournaments because it's not just you; it's a really a pretty. We got a really high level crop of guys, and it's going to be a cool AOI finish. I think. Yeah, I think so too. And you're right. I'm I'm kind of to be honest with you, uh, I'm surprised that I haven't uh, been either closer to one or even finished one uh, that and the cup, but. I, I can say this with with all sincerity, and 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 I'm saying it, being the truth, it would not have, it would not bother me one bit if I retired tomorrow, and didn't have either one of those titles because I I have came and I've done what you know, given it all I got, and I'm very content with with all that. So, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of I wish it would have happened uh, by now, and but it doesn't bother me one bit. Trust me. Cool. Well, uh, Mark, thanks uh, so much for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. Uh, if if you got anything you want to plug or any uh, any place you want people to follow you, uh, fire away. Yeah, every, not really. Everybody can keep up with me at roseoutdoors.com. If you go there, it has every other way you can uh, follow me, every social media avenue. And, uh, I just thank everybody for all the prayers, and I get a lot of support uh uh, talking about the way that uh, they uh, people like the way that I represent Christ, and that's that means more to me than anything out there. And I really appreciate all the prayers. You, uh, you, and a number of other pros do a meet the pros night uh, at a local church. I think pretty much every tour event. Uh, do you have one set up for Kentucky Lake? Yeah, we do. Um, uh, I'm not real sure exactly right now which church going to be at uh, i look at that kind of the i'm one of these guys that uh whatever i'm supposed to be i, I look at it the night before i go to bed the next day um so as long I, as you show up exactly you'll be good where, yeah I, i'll be there though wherever it's uh supposed to be we have three functions everyone jody where we uh you know kind of i would say or or a christian group but we have a uh, fishing church which we do at uh, Sunday mornings of the first day of practice. Then we do a meet the pros, and then we do a Bible study or focus group, which stands for Fellowship of Christian Anglers. Um, after registration every night, it's you know those are a that's my heartbeat during the term. That's that's really my passion. All right, um, I've I... always just asked the Lord to help me make a living at this sport, and I would try to honor Him along the way. I went ahead and looked up the uh, meet the pros info for uh, Kentucky Lake. It's uh, at Southland Baptist Temple, which is in Paducah, uh, five to seven p.m. on the twelfth. So, okay, now you know too. <laughs> um, I'll be there. <laughs> I, I bet you will. Well, Mark, thanks uh, so much for taking the time. Uh, I know you're on the road today, so safe travels, and uh, I'll see you. I guess in a couple weeks here 
uh, on Kentucky Lake. Sounds good. Thanks, Jody. All right. So, Kyle, uh, I guess the first thing on the docket is Smith Lake. Uh, we had a tournament there. David Williams won it. Uh, you weren't there. What do you want to know? I, I was not. <laughs> uh, do you I want did... me to tell you who won? Do you want any other information? <laughs> no, I, I followed along uh, as, as much as I could. Um, it was really hard being in Arizona because I was two hours behind the tournament. So it was like not conducive to watching a lot of live. Uh, I, well, so it would have been that live started earlier, like at like six in the live started at like yeah. five in the morning or whatever. Yeah, yeah, M- mucho that's earlier. Like kind of a good thing. But I did, I did watch some live though. I, okay. I, I kept up as best as I could. I actually, I felt like there were certain things I paid more attention to in the tournament. Like I, I actually watched all the pre-tournament videos. Um, not that I would watch them like when you and I are doing them. Um, but, you know, we're there, so I don't really care. You know, just you do it, you post it, it is what it is. So, um, and I, I definitely on Thursday was cruising on the live blog as long as I could, especially uh, when I got on the airplane and, or, and before I got on the airplane. So I'm, I was more dialed than I thought I would be. It definitely was really weird not being there, though. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Actually, turns out we don't need you. Well, that's kind of <laughs> what it seemed like. Is like, like oh, well, we, uh, okay, we I guess up, the show ended, goes on. I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, obviously, look, Kyle, I love you. You do a great job. <laughs> uh, I was a little concerned going in, and we crushed it, I felt like. So I was glad that we could survive without you. Not that I want to do that again. You know, <laughs> I don't want to make a habit of it. Right, right. There were definitely some. There were definitely some fans that were, I think, happy I wasn't there. So, um, oh you know, yeah, that one tournaments on for them. <laughs> yeah, the one dude on YouTube definitely uh, <laughs> super pumped. Uh, jokes on you though, because now you're stuck with me for the rest of the season. So, well, actually though, you're not going to be at practice for Kentucky Lake. I don't think that is true. That so, is true. Basically, buddy, you've got one more tournament, but then. Yep. Yeah, get you get part of another tournament. Strength, yeah. Kyle's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I almost, I'm almost sure that guy doesn't listen to the podcast. Could you imagine him listen, willingly listening to the podcast that there's you're no way half of? <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> He'd be like, "Oh God, this is." It'd be like a torture thing. It would. <laughs> and then why would he do that to himself? You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I thought it went it went pretty well, Smith. Uh, despite, oh, like, kind of bonkers weather, like, the fishing was pretty good, and the weather during the tournament was really nice. Uh, I'll be honest, though, and I told David Williams this, I didn't think he was going to win after day one. Like, <laughs> he caught him really big, and I was like, all right, well, that's a ton of bass, a lot of large mouths, really cool. Uh, I didn't really know there was a shad spawn situation going on. I was just like, well, he caught a bunch of big large mouths, but... Cody Myers just caught 15 pounds of spots, so kind of like Cody Myers' chances to keep doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was all in on the Cody Meyer winning one train, as I have been multiple times this year. <laughs> Man, uh, it, f- it felt like it was going to happen, didn't it? I remember checking the standings after day two, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Cody's still yeah. kind of hanging around. And one then thing... day three, it was like, ooh. ooh. Yeah, then it was like, well, sorry, everybody. David Williams yeah. <laughs> is doing this thing. Uh, 
one one thing that was interesting to me was that Matt Airy never caught a bigger bag. Uh, yeah. You know, I kept – he obviously he had a really good tournament, right? But I kept thinking that we were – Matt Airy was really going to make it interesting one of these days. And it turned out that it was John Cox who really made it interesting, not Matt Airy, because Matt Airy just could not – you know, he had the pretty good day one, and then after that, he really had to grind away to get past that 13-pound mark, uh, yeah, which a lot yeah. of guys did. I mean, with so many post-spawn fish in that lake, I mean, it was a lot of skinny fish. Like, catching 15 pounds was a lot harder than, it's, than it sounds like it should be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, that was cool. Uh, Jordan Osborne, still doing things. Oh man, he was getting it too, dude. His like his loca- his little his like one little place up in Ryan. I mean, it was gonna dry up. Like I think that we all knew that. He probably knew that. Um, but at the same time, boy, he milked it up for all it was worth. Um, and definitely, definitely impressive what he's done this year. Like there's no oh, for there's sure. no way around it. He's He's gone from a guy who was a perennial afterthought to a guy who all of a sudden it's like, man, he might win a tournament. He's maybe not going to contend for AOI, but he's he can crush it, uh, which oh, is yeah. kind of cool. Um, also, what do you think the odds are Clint Davis just makes it three top tens in a row? Pretty good, right? Uh, I feel like, yeah, he's got a really good shot at keeping the, keeping the train going. Yeah. Um, first tour top tens for Jimmy Reese and Matt Becker, too, as a side note. Yeah, super pumped to see Jimmy in the top ten. Um, it definitely expected to see Matt Becker in the top ten this season. Did not really expect it to happen at Lewis Smith, I will I say figured that. it'd be more a St. Clair thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Maybe he's going to make two top tens this season. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Justin Atkins, 18th. He is... Back on the roll, back on a roll, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, he's feeling it. Uh, so watch out for watch out for him at Kentucky Lake. I think I got. How about a, I got a vibe? How about Joseph Webster? How about Joseph Webster? You know, right? You know, Smith Lake is his home lake. I did not know that. He's got multiple home lakes. Is what it's coming down to for me. Okay, Pickwick, right. of course, he fishes a whole bunch too. But. Smith Lake is a place he's been on a lot. So if I had known that, I would have been like, oh, yeah, let me get some Joseph Webster on this fantasy team. Now, right, in right. hindsight, I don't care because I just love Joseph Webster. Also, yeah. so the Johnny Z video, we put... We put oh, we're, that, was, that was cool. Uh, Drew and I were, like, looking at the list, looking at the list, and we're like, it's Joseph Webster, isn't it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's Joseph. And he's like, yeah, it's Joseph Webster. And I was like... You know, I bet Kyle would be proud of this choice. I 100% would have agreed with that because <laughs> at Lanier, when he was crushing it, had he not um, been in contention and had a live camera on him, I would have said, let's put one on him. You know what I mean? But that worked out pretty good, too, because that Braxton Setzer video was pretty all right. Yeah, that, that Braxton Setzer one was pretty sweet. And on a quick side note, while you mentioned, uh, you know, if you would have known a little more info about Webster, and I wish I would have too, the one guy I really wish I would have put on my fantasy team that I almost did, and then for I don't know why I didn't, was Jason Reyes. 
I almost felt like I knew the dude was going to catch him here. You know, and I, I didn't do it. I was going to accept. Here's the thing. He catches them so good this time of year on these sorts of lakes, like Beaver Lake a couple of years ago. Like he, he's a he's a player this time this this type of this sort of season. But I, I just I felt like there were going to be so many post spawn fish. Yeah. And usually he catches a lot of pre spawn fish, and yes. I just that was the reason I didn't put him on. I didn't think like, hey, it's not a good lake for him. It's not a good thing. And yeah, because yeah, he's top ten here on. before on yeah, Smith. Yeah. But you're totally right. The pre-spawn thing for Reyes is like it's so deal. dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, an aside, if we're talking about guys who made the first cut, cuts, uh, pretty sure Sheldon Collings made his first tour cut uh, in 20th. And then uh, I know Cody Honor also made his first tour cut. Back-to-back cuts for him now. I was going to say, fresh off the top 10 at the Costa. Yeah, so... A lot of uh, a lot of new dudes, kind of crushing things. Kyle Cordiana also. Yeah, uh, but two cuts in a row now. Yeah, that's why I was. Oh yeah, not on the first cut note. I was just gonna say Cordiana yeah. made it. Um, good to see Todd Castledine finally get in the game. Um, and uh, he finished thirty second. Got a good check. Uh, Russell Cecil twenty seventh. Yeah, both of those guys. Like, man. Thank goodness. This is what I expected. Yeah, this is more normal, I think. Uh, Look out for Todd Castledine at Kentucky Lake. Just saying. I I, I bet he's not that expensive for fantasy. I bet good things could happen. Ooh. Um, Okay. Okay. Uh, Do you want to talk about David Williams or Cox or any of the pattern type stuff at all? Because uh, we kind of more just thrown out a bunch of names and been like, hey, good job. That's true. Uh, no, we totally should. I think, um, I don't know, a rundown of uh, maybe what, like go Williams and then maybe if there was a majority of whatever the top ten was doing or some similarities. Yeah. So David Williams was fishing docks uh, up in Rock Creek uh, that Shad were spawning on or around a Shad spawn. And he had like basically three different sort of creeks that he fished uh or three different kind of arms and one of them was like primarily largemouth one of them was like primarily spots and then one of them was kind of a mix uh and he was catching like 30 plus fish a day every well this is not even a day this is like before 10 in the morning um (laughs) and uh basically just skipping two jigs under them around them all that sort of thing uh, caught a few fish on ye old buzzbait uh, as well on the first three days. Didn't catch any on the final day. Uh, it w- it was interesting. He found the area in practice. Like he went up into one of those creeks. He kind of liked the water color. Uh, caught a big one off a dock. Shook off a big one on a dock, and did not. He never realized, or maybe it wasn't happening in practice. But he was never on the shad, the shad spawn pattern until he got there day one of the tournament, and sort of started to see him flicking and started to see what was going on. And all of a sudden, it was like, "Hey, okay." <laughs> and then he just you know took it from there, uh, which is pretty cool. It is um, cool. It's pretty rare that a guy gets dialed into something on day one of the event. Yeah, and it wasn't and, even like day one end of day one or something. It was 
like 40 minutes into it he's like hey this is what i need to be doing yeah yeah that's cool which is cool uh and that just goes to show like he might have had a good tournament anyhow if he was just up there fishing those docks without a shad spawn but Mm -hmm. he got up there there was a shad spawn going on and all of a sudden game on now todd Otten was doing the same thing naturally sure uh although he did it a lot not nearly as successfully top 10 still but uh pretty off the david the mark david williams was setting um one interest one thing that surprised me was that nobody else really got on that pattern because in practice day one i went out with burge and he about probably nine or ten in the morning he started fishing some seawalls and like started smashing them and i was like man that is uh possibly uh that is possibly interesting i wonder if uh you know if something is going on here you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i had kind of come into that tournament thinking hey this could be a this could be a shad spawn thing this could be something to watch for could be a herring spawn thing you know and uh-huh, it uh-huh. kind of uh, it kind of turned out not to be really besides David Williams, but I'm surprised. But considering it happened, I'm surprised that other people didn't get on it in practice. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, there's a lot of guys that are good at I, that. Yeah, like, and I feel look like for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of uh, sort of their deal. You know, like, or like they're very good at capitalizing on it. And I'm with you. By the end of the event, I was uh, I was kind of surprised when I was watching live at the top guys how Williams was really the only dude doing it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, John Cox did like John Cox things. Of course, he's just incredible. <laughs> uh, which is not like a surprise. He fished a very he fit, he basically fished a perfect tournament had David Williams not been so amazingly ahead of the rest of the field. Because mm-hmm. Cox, like, fished down in the lake the first couple days, uh, was catching some fish flipping, some fish sight fishing, like, just doing different things. And then the uh, final day, he catches one off a of bed in the morning and then runs all the way up into Ryan, goes into the forest, and starts swimming a jig and catches, like, a three and a four and a three in, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes when he gets up there, crushes him. And then for <laughs> some reason, he like fills his limit, catches like a couple two and a half, and like, that's it. I don't know if he caught a keeper the rest of the day after like hmm. 10.30, which is amazing to me. I mean, yeah. it was amazing that he went up there and did that and called it so perfectly at the same time. There was some, uh, you know, there was potential for it to go a lot better for him, to be honest. Yeah. Um he would have needed, obviously, an incredible amount of weight to win the dang thing, but you never know. Um, it, the, the one, if there was any kind of, there was really no consistency, other than a lot of guys through Kytex, but, like, you saw, because it was post-spawn, and because you can chase smallmouth, or not smallmouth, because you can chase spots, largemouth, you can do it so many different ways, there was, there was just a lot of variety. Like, Meyer was almost always fishing in you know 40 to 80 feet of water 
or had his mm-hmm. boat in 40 to 80 feet of water or 40 to 150 feet of water. And Matt Airy was like, by and large, fishing, you know, docks and pockets and stuff. And Clint Davis was, you know, fishing some bluff type things, but also like a ton of docks. You know, it's just a, there was a lot going on in this tournament. Which is cool. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun. Um, little AOI, ROI talk? Absolutely. Alrighty. So, our AOI top five now, it's uh, Mark Rose at 878, Chris Johnston 860, Brian Thrift 857, because Brian Thrift did really bad and got a check. <laughs> uh, and David Williams 851, uh, and then Zach Burge 844. So, 844 to 878. First of all, that's a really close AOI race right now because almost everybody has slipped up a couple, yeah. like at least once, if not twice, yep. which is unusual. Like a lot of times at this point, it'd be, uh, you know, it'd be Andy Morgan and Brian Thrift or Andy Morgan and somebody else or Andy Morgan and some, some other person, and they would have had no bad tournaments or they would have one, have had one where they finished 40th, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not been the case this year. So, I don't know. What's your uh, what's your outlook? Man, I, whew. Like, the St. Clair, obviously, is where it's all going to get decided out. But it's going to be really crazy to see how especially these top five fare at Kentucky Lake. Because, obviously, Mark Rose uh, probably going to catch some okay. bass at Kentucky Lake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Johnston. Uh, in theory, should do pretty well, uh, but who knows? You know, not um, I, you know. I wouldn't say like he's super in love with Kentucky Lake by any means. But if you talk I think to he him, gets, he is right. But but you know, he finished fortieth there in sixteen. Yeah, he's um, got a top twenty there in Bass Fest a few years in twenty fifteen, I think. It sets up well for him. The problem is, I think, um, it's also, it'll be like a, it'll be a time of year that I feel like may suit the actual ledge dudes a lot more, if yeah. that makes any sense at all. Like your Lamberts, Roses, The guys who Roses, have 150 Haynes. spots to run. Yeah, Clint Davis. Like, I just don't know. Again, I'm not doubting that Johnson will probably catch some fish. I just feel like, you know, even if he does, it may not be enough you know, to definitely overtake Mark Rose. Or Brian Thrift also has a crazy knack for catching fish on Kentucky Lake and, like, He's grinding out community hole spots. Yeah. Like, the dude just, he gets it. He loves it when he knows where fish are, right? So if he knows there's a school of fish here and he can run to them and make a couple casts and if it's not happening, he can go do something else. He loves it when he can find, like, a stump on a ledge or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, that is his wheelhouse. Yeah. So. 100%. Definitely uh, look for him to make up some ground. Williams, uh, I talked to him at Cumberland about Kentucky Lake and St. Clair, and he was pretty excited about both. And I definitely think uh, he probably will be able to catch some fish shallow. You would know more about that than I would. Um but at least, I don't know, it's two, what is it? It's about two weeks from now, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, I would imagine there's going to be some checks to be had shallow. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. It's a weird year on Kentucky Lake, man. It's not. It's not been cool. It's not been what you would expect normally. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Kentucky Lake and St. Clair represent big challenges for Williams because neither of them are. He knows they're not his forte. Uh, not that he will, yeah. might not do well at them because he's a very good fisherman, but. They're definitely not in his wheelhouse uh, like a Smith, like a Cumberland, like a Lanier could be, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, so we'll see on that. Um, I I think the guy who... I, I guess if... I kind of expect all three of our top dudes to come through Kentucky pretty well, if I had to guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 and, for sure. And to set up... Just the most epic showdown at St. Clair. Like, I want to put live cameras in all three of these guys' boats every day at the tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes all four days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my dream scenario is that it tightens up a little bit. Because maybe, you know, maybe Rose finishes 15th on Kentucky Lake. And the other guys finish... Seven and ninth, or something like that, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden, it's like, "Hey, baby, day three, here we come. It's gonna be epic." Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Even if, uh, e- I mean, Rose could theoretically kind of put it away, because if he top tens at Kentucky Lake, then yeah, he's got to avoid a bomb at St. Clair. But at that point, there's only so much a guy can do to come up to catch him up to catch up to him. You know? So, right. Right. We'll see, but man, eighteen. There's a eighteen point difference between Chris Johnston and Mark Rose, and if it's still like that going into Saint Clair, boy, Mark Rose, you better catch some bass, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you better be on it, because uh, that's gonna be that'll be fun. Anyhow, I guess we'll sort of see how it all shakes out, but it's a fun race. Uh, the Rookie of the Year race has tightened up significantly, I would say, or at least uh, gotten more high-flying. Uh, Sheldon Collings and Matt Becker now. Uh, Collings is sitting in 25th in AOI with a 715 points. Matt Becker in 30th with 698. Um, so, definitely looks like it's going to go down to the wire. I mm-hmm. gotta say... Just like Chris Johnston, boy, I I like Matt Becker's chances if he's got if he's in striking distance and he can go catch some smallmouths. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, also, it's not out of the question, I suppose, depending on how things go, because I feel like the Rookie of the Year race is a little more volatile than the AOI race theoretically. But it, Cody Hunter could uh, could make a move. Probably, he's not that that far back. Um, and he'll be trying to obviously move into the cup cut. That's probably the priority, but it wouldn't shock me if he catches him pretty good on St. Clair too. And if he can figure out some Kentucky Lake action, which he's been there a number of times before, he's fished yep. central yes, division, he you know, he's had some good finishes there. Uh, we could see him sneak into the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, how it how it all shakes out 
You know why? For show. Um, bu- 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 bu. Any other Smith Lake related things that we want to touch on here before we kind of uh, get out of the way? I don't, I don't think so. All right. So next week we've got the Coast FLW Series Western Division uh, kicking back, kicking up again on Clear Lake. And I figured that you and I are probably, well, we're not going to be podcasting next week. And if we didn't do our Coastal Challenge picks now, then we probably wouldn't do them. So we're going to do them, yes. even though the field list is still pretty small. It um, is. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot more dudes jump in it, but we might as well just get after it while we can. Uh, Kyle, you have first pick. Whoa, man. Uh, dang. I oof. I don't know what to do. I, I didn't really. I didn't think that far ahead. I just wrote down. Uh, you and I were kind of talking before we started podcasting that we only, you know, normally our list. I feel like you got like a dozen guys on your on yeah. you know written down that you'd love to have on your team. It definitely a lot smaller. Yeah, it's, it's not because the guys aren't good necessarily, but it's because the field list right now is sitting at 80, bo- 80 boaters, and there's about, oh, I don't know, 60 or so co-anglers on the wait list. I probably I talked to Ron. He thinks a lot of that will fill up this weekend. There was another tournament that had only 115 boats out at Clear Lake just last week, so it wouldn't be a shock to see pretty low numbers for this one or lower than usual. Yep. Um especially compared to how excellent Havasu has. Uh, Ron has a cool idea for making the Western Division like a little more Western. Um, really? I, I'm not necessarily going to say it, but it would be kind of fun if it happened. Um, of course, Ron's going to retire, so maybe it's like, well, Ron, you had a great idea, but now you're on a beach, which <laughs> probably is fine by Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyhow... I would say, uh, Kyle, rock and roll, man. You got to put somebody here on the board. Uh, you know what? I, just because I'm going to take Jimmy Reese. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good choice. Yeah, I feel like that's you got to take the dude that like lives on there. I like that he just top ten to the tour event. He's going home, probably like a little extra swagger and step. And you know he does he does well on Clear Lake uh, anyway. So. Not, uh, and I really, I haven't done my due diligence, due diligence, geez, got to take a drink of water, uh, in studying Clear Lake because, you know, when we last left it for the Costa series, it was in the fall last year. It was September. People were talking about like this fish kill and how bad the lake was. And it definitely wasn't normal Clear Lake by any means. I don't really know how the lake is now. But I like that Jimmy, you know, probably has been fishing out there a lot. And I know he's been fishing out there a lot. So uh, I like that he's been keeping tabs on what what the deal is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to see his son fish these tournaments because his son whacks them every time they go out. Yeah. When's that going to happen? Hopefully soon. Uh, I, um, man, I have a hard time making this pick too, uh, but I'm going to go with Bryant Smith. Um, oh yeah he i assume is going to be looking for some revenge after not catching any fish at havasu uh and he pretty much always crushes on clear lake or at least he seems like he does yes 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 so back to you kyle 
Oh, man. I feel like... I feel like my gut is telling me to take Robert Lee. Well, you better go with your gut. I, so I think I'm, I think I'm going to take some Robert Lee. All right. With that, I'm going to take Joe Uribe Jr. Yeah, okay, okay. He's uh, maybe the best West Coast fisherman still not fishing on tour. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I like, would there have been so. a lot of guys in recent years who have kind of moved up and moved out. Uh, but, man, the dude crushes pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Um, I'm going to take, man, this is where it gets tough. I'm going to go, uh, I wrote this name down. I better double check that he's actually fishing. Yeah, I'm going to take Hunter Slander. Oh, I like it. How do you spell his last name again? Uh, I believe it's S-C-H-L-A-N-D-E-R. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to take Wayne Breezily. Ooh, okay. Uh, E-A... Z E A L E. Uh dude. Oh, I forgot an R. Uh the dude piles up the top tens on Clear Lake. Uh, yes. Top ten last time about this year, this time of year. Uh that one that Todd Woods won. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like I was doing a little research this morning. Like, hmm. Ooh. <laughs> ah, a little Wayne Breezily ah, action. Gonna do it. Also, got a baller last name. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, for folks it. wondering, uh, Kyle is up four to two, and we did so, miss the Table Rock one, right? Yeah, we missed Table Rock, um, but we got plenty left. You know, Northern Division hasn't started yet. Yeah. We got more Westerns, yeah, yeah. more Centrals, a lot of a lot more coasts to do. Yeah, we're we're good. Yeah, but for sure. Um, alrighty, let's see. What's my next agenda topic here? I got off my agenda page. Oh. Elite Series notes. So, it's not going to be a regular feature, but Roy Hawk, crushing it. Love yeah, that. Yeah, buddy. Kyle Monty, our boy, crushed it at Grand Lake. Love that. So, Kyle, keep it up. And uh, the Central Division of the Coast FLW Series had a lot of guys who were on the Elite Series who were going to fish the whole thing, try and qualify for the championship. Then... The Elite Series rescheduled their Sabine River event on top of the Coast FLW Series event at Lake Barkley, which means mm. all those guys were hyped about qualifying for the championship and making it like super heavy hitter, super gung ho on Gunnersville. Well, they it ain't having the championship. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of my Elite Series notes. That's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Mad props to Roy and Kyle, though. You guys are. You are dudes, and yeah. you are doing you're doing us proud. Much love, much love. Yes. Um, little college fishing action here. Oh yeah. All righty. Let me find the page. There we go. I'm just I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying it's on Kentucky Lake, uh, which isn't a surprise, and maybe some locals want it. That is a good guess. Uh, and it's true. Adrian College, where are you at? In the Northern Conference, so they couldn't fish this event, is the answer. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I figured I'd just, you know, get it in there, because there's, uh, 
there's still some overhang from that. Uh, I believe this is... Gosh, I got no idea. Where does it say what division this thing is? Uh, I think it, it was a central. Division. I'm pretty sure it's a central division event. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, this uh, Murray State won it. Clayton Trueblood and Nick Montalino. Uh, Peyton Porter and Micah Chesser uh, came in second. Uh, also from Murray State, Micah, son of Doug Chesser. Uh, oh, okay. Doug works at FLW. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Clayton and Nick, uh, they caught five for 21-7. They went into Barkley uh, and flipped bushes there, uh, and they only got six bites, which not very many bites, but they were the right ones. Definitely. Uh, so, you know, ideally, um, that's what you want. Yeah, that um, definitely helps. Definitely helps. Yeah, so now, uh, now I, I guess that pretty much does it. I will say, if you look at the results from this lake, the fishing sucked. Uh, and that's what everyone has been saying of late. There seemed like a, about a weekend where the fishing was pretty good on Kentucky Lake. And there's definitely some guys still catching them pretty good. But it is not what you, uh, it's not what people thought it was going to be. You know, you would think this mm-hmm. time of year, the water's up, it's going to be lit. It is not. Uh, for everyone. Maybe it is right. for some. I do not think I'm going to get to fish Kentucky Lake until this afternoon, and then I will only fish it a little bit. Uh, I will report back. So we'll see. Please do. Um, anyhow. Also, there's an Elite Series tournament on Kentucky Lake, so that'll give us a vibe, a much better vibe, I think, for... Well, how lit is it? You know, are the fish really all dead? Are they really all gone? Or are there still ways to catch fish? It's just you need to do different things. Which, I kind of am in the camp that a lot of the... A lot of the top-end weight still exists in the lake. It's just the fish aren't really acting the way they typically act. Uh, Then again, there's so many people that fish Kentucky Lake all the time, you'd think more people would figure this out. So, (laughs) I don't know. (sighs) I don't know what to think about this pond. I uh, will say this. Um, well, obviously, there's already, I'm pretty sure, carp and pickwick, but folks who live on the rest of the Tennessee River, don't let them into it. You don't want them. They're bad news. It's my take. I've seen no shortage of uh, graph pictures of carp from the Elite Series guys practicing so far. Yeah. A lot of graph pictures of carp. It's going to be a big storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. going to continue to be. Uh, anyhow, Kyle, we got some BFLs, and I believe that they didn't fish for carp in them. Uh, they definitely did not. Uh, we had, there were five of them. Uh, we'll start the first, uh, was an Illini Division opener, uh, on Rend Lake. And Brennan McCord won that one with 16 pounds, 15 ounces. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot to report on from him. I guess word on the street was that he was fishing the southern end. Uh, flipping an unnamed beaver-type creature bait. Dude, I feel like 16 pounds is huge for Rend Lake. Right? And second place was three fish for 9-11. So the dude pretty much just, like, walked up there, threw his weight down, was like, yeah, I'll just take that check right now. I wonder how early he came to the dock. You think he came back <laughs> at, like, 10.30 in the morning got pizza? <laughs> I he Dude, he might have Tim Horton did. 
Oh, how epic would that have been? <laughs> I wanted, I so wanted David Williams to do that. I could, I wish I could have called him and been like, "Hey, buddy, come back and get pizza." <laughs> You're crushing. It's it. on me. <laughs> do it, because <laughs> like, there was a point where, like, he caught one and he was like, "All right, this is it." And we knew he was, and he wanted to catch one more. He the, he said if he'd caught one more four pounder, the rest of the day he would have come back as soon as he caught that. And oh gosh, how epic would that have been? Oh, that would have been sweet. I want to be at one of those tournaments where that happens so badly. <laughs> I would do a. We would just do the Instagram story with him for like the next hour. Like, all right, he's eating another piece of pizza. <laughs> now he's drinking a cold beverage. Uh, now he's reapplying his sunscreen because he's got to sit at the dock and it's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. All right, now he's idled away. He's going into a secluded cove. He's going to use the bathroom. Then he'll be back shortly. Uh, you know, I'm just saying we could have had a. It would have been a blast. Oh, uh, it would have. But, alas. Um. Well, moving on. Second BFL was a uh, volunteer division event on Cherokee Lake, and there was a tie. Uh, Corey Nice. And Bill Humbard, uh, both weighed in 15 pounds, 12 ounces, uh, took home some money. Uh, they both weighed in limits consisting solely of smallmouths, so that's cool. Cherokee will do that uh, for you. Yeah, and they both were pretty much fishing the lower end of the lake, uh, fishing like humps and points down by the dam. Uh, a swim bait was kind of a big deal. It, uh, a little swim bait. The Swing Impact uh, 2.8, little guy, on a quarter-ounce head. Uh, zoom Finesse Worm uh, on a eighth-ounce Buckeye Lure Spot Remover Jig. Uh, and then also, that was uh, Humbird's, most of his weight came off that. Uh, niece said he fished a Carolina-rigged, good old-fashioned Zoom Lizard. Hashtag old school. Dude, I mean, they, they still eat it. They still eat it. No doubt about it. Um, but that was pretty much about it. Nothing too crazy there. Uh, the weights were actually, it was like pretty tight through most of the top ten. So uh, not totally surprised that there was a tie there. Yeah, uh, pretty decent weights too, um, especially mm-hmm. for I think this time of year. Uh, pretty sure, not 100% sure, but pretty sure the guy who finished 10th, Matt Brown, uh, is like, well, I guess he's older now. He's probably not even 20. Fishes for Bryant College, and I fished with him on day one a couple years ago at Smith Lake in that open. Oh. So, shouts to Matt Brown. Okay, okay. Uh, also, J.R. Hernard, uh, former All-American top tenner at Kentucky Lake a couple years ago. Yes, sir. All right. Fire away, Kyle. Um, so then the Great Lakes Division kicked off its season on the Mississippi River, uh, which the event was presented by Navionics. Uh, river was high, uh, dirty. It's like we definitely we went from super winter to super summer real fast, and the Mississippi River swelled up a lot. Uh, but Rob Leadholt won that one, 17 pounds, 11 ounces. Uh, he stayed in pool eight, throwing a spinnerbait. Um, and then it was a War Eagle spinnerbait. Uh, that he put a Zoom swimmer on the back of it. Uh, and that's pretty much just like uh, what he did. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, I guess there was a 
down near Stoddard, there was a little flat he was fishing, which Stoddard's well, pretty big flat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, question about that. Doesn't it seem like yeah. not very many bites to get. Like you said, he caught like six or seven fish throughout the day. Like Mississippi River, shouldn't he be catching like thirty or forty fish? Yeah, yeah. I, I would assume. Part of me thought that was just mostly maybe due to the uh, high water fishing being to the water. Gay. Yeah. But okay. I mean, even still, he got the right bites. Definitely a slew of uh, river rats located uh, throughout here. Jeff Ritter. Uh, we got Dan Mon from Iowa. Dan's a hammer. Uh, Mike Brugan. Um, like, definitely there were some. The weights were pretty stout, stout though. I'd be curious how many um, through the rest of the top ten, like how many fish those guys caught. You know what I mean? Like, was it an isolated thing? Was it uh, just kind of like that across the board? Because you're right. That amount of bites, that should be like your first 20 minutes in a spot. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, what you should do is call around the top ten, get this info. Next week, week after, we'll come back. We'll give them the scoop. Ooh, I should, I should hit up Dan and and Mike and see what they're see what the deal was. Hey, why'd you guys uh, not win? What happened? Yeah, because like, here's the thing: <laughs> people rely on us for in depth BFL coverage. You know. Well, we are the foremost place for BFL coverage. <laughs> we actually 100 percent are. I would, I, I, I'm, in this case, I'm not like just being funny. Like we are. If you want BFL coverage, if you want guys to discuss it, have some knowledge about this, you come to us. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, and I would definitely be curious to see how the other dudes caught them, or you know how how that shook out. Um, uh, how do you pronounce the town that Jeff Ritter is from? Because I always forget this. Uh, I don't know because I accidentally just closed out of that tab. Well, it's Prairie something. Prairie Duchesne? Duchesne. Okay. Yeah, cool. Wisconsin. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Yep. Prairie Duchesne. Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at remembering that. <laughs> well, that's all right. If you ever need it again, there's like a, there's a Cabela's down there. So, like, if you're ever in the area and you need maybe some tackle, you could stroll on over to Cabela's and see what they got. And be like, hey, how do you pronounce the name of this town? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> also, where do you keep your jig heads? <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, hey, did you think to yourself, man, we haven't had enough BFLs on the Potomac River yet? I was well, just thinking lucky that. lucky for you. Lucky for you, I was thinking we, we had need to have one. five or six more. <laughs> we had one. The Shenandoah Division uh, kicked off on the Potomac River, which their event also presented by Navionics. Uh, Jessup Hughes won it with 21 pounds, Jessup. 13 ounces. What a great name. Uh, he fished Aquia, and he was fishing um, some fish that were spawning at the mouth of Aquia, and then pre-spawn fish that were... Uh, out in the creek, I guess is the way he explained it. Uh, he was dragging um, a zoom worm, black and blue, for pre-spawn fish. Um, or, sorry, for the spawning fish. Sorry, spawning fish. And then the pre-spawn fish, uh, he used a Z-Man original chatterbait with a uh, rage tail for the trailer. Um, and he would just drag the worm around, uh, blind cast into where he thought beds would be, which I don't know whether it was holes in the grass. There wasn't a whole lot of specifics or whatever. Um, and then the pre-spawn area was a shell bed hump with some stumps around it that they were kind of congregating on. And that's where he worked the chatterbait. 
Okay. Let me uh, posit a theory on this. Sure. It may not be right. But, so, maybe a lot of the fish winter in the creeks in Kentucky Lake because the water is a little more stable there. Okay, okay. And so then, you know, Aquia's got that, like, ultra-prime grass flat out at the front of it. So maybe they kind of move from there out, chill around there, do a lot of spawning in that section, then kind of redistribute. Okay. How's that for a theory? I love it. I think it's could fantastic. Be, could be totally wrong. Uh, might probably be totally wrong. No idea. <laughs> um, one thing that's been interesting about all of these BFLs is no, like, one person has won all of them. You would think right? with so many BFLs on the Potomac, there would be a guy who's, like, super dialed in for a month or so, mm-hmm. or a few weeks, and just lights out, crush him. You know, who would just Cole Floyd it, basically. And yeah. that hasn't been the case. It's been, like, a different dude winning every one. I mean, there have been every one of these things you look at, you're like, oh, I see, see you, I see you, you know, guys who you always expect to catch them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really, it's been a big mix of different people who have had success. Definitely. Which is fun. Definitely. Um, and also, basically, it's taken over 20 to win every single one. So Potomac yeah. in the spring, still so great. The place to be. Dude, grass lakes in the spring up north. Mm. Bring it on. Yes, I still, please. Again, give me a April, a March, April, May, a March, April, early May Costa on the Potomac. How oh, yeah. baller would that be? So baller. Uh, all right, what else we got? Well, we had one final BFL uh, Ozark Division event on Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, Zach Bechtel. Is what Ooh. I'm going with. I want to go back. I want to. Oh, I, I okay. gotta make another. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah, I gotta make one more quick note about Joseph. There's no way you can tell me that there was not at least like ten guys who fought in the American Revolution who had that name. Oh yeah. All right. Yes. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, a very East Coasty name revolutionary oh, yeah. old-timey name yes brother joseph <laughs> <laughs> uh so whatever i said zach bechtel won the lake of the ozarks bfl 21 pounds seven ounces uh i guess he had been fishing some local tournaments for a while and then before this bfl uh couldn't really get dialed in so he pretty much just like woke up and said i'm gonna go fishing on his first spot, he caught a four and a half and a five, and then he was like, boom, I know what I'm doing. Uh, threw a three-quarter ounce uh, silver and red War Eagle uh, with a Kitek fat on the back, which is actually, I think, how it was written in the press release. It just said, like, Kitek, uh, imp- uh, what? I think it just said Kitek fat. Oh, come on, dudes. Yeah, so that's not either a thing. Way. <laughs> uh, but I think that now makes it two spinnerbaits with a Kitek on it for BFL wins over the weekend. I thought the other one had a Zoom swimmer. Oh, you're right. Sorry. There was either a Kitek way. that caught some smallmouths on Cherokee. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Either way, okay. try putting a swimbait on Put your Put a swimbait on your spinnerbait. Yeah. It's happening. Uh, but pretty much Zach's whole deal was it was like windblown points. So not like a super crazy pattern the dude just got dialed in he'd been putting his time into the lake figured it out uh shout out to second place mark tucker caught 19 to 8 dude's a hammer 
Tom Alsop finished seventh. I assume that's Kyle's dad. Yep. I don't want to make an assumption, though. No, no, it, it is. Okay, okay. It is. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Also, Sean Kowal, 10th place. Uh, not shocked at all to see Sean's name in the top 10 on Lake of the Ozarks. Yep, uh, no doubt. Um, definitely uh, very good derby on Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Uh, as uh, as usual. That place can kick them out. I'd love a spring coaster there, too, while we're oh, on the subject of places I'd like spring coasters. <laughs> places Jody wants spring coasters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can make a whole list, and none of them are Dardanelle. Just saying, <laughs> Dardanelle. Love you. <laughs> um, but you can you could just stay where you're at, and you don't need to bug us. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other uh, BFL-related info? Because if not, I have one or I have a couple of topics I want to bring up uh, before we actually end this thing. No, no more BFL uh, info. Uh, we will next week. Whoever I pod with, we will have another fresh slew of BFLs to bring your way. Yeah, feel free to let me know if there's anything that you feel like really needs a Jody take. On for that, and I can be I can jump in. If, okay. Like, if Joseph okay. wins another tournament or something like that, I'm there. Uh, anyhow, have you seen the Booyah Toad Runner before? Uh, well, not in person, but I'm aware as to what it is. Well, I'm anyway. I'm holding one of my hands right now because I watched a video of Jason Christie talking about it a while ago. Uh, the real Jason Christie. Um, and uh, <laughs> anyhow. It's essentially a frog with, like, this plopper tail, but the tail is kind of moldable. Like, it's got a wire inside of it that you can bend to kind of, I guess, give it a little bit different vibe. And it's got real short, short stubby legs. Um, I wrote so it's a story like their take on the sprinker frog. Basically, yeah. Uh, definitely a little fatter. I would say probably a little more aggressive than the sprinker. I haven't put it in the water yet. Ah, uh, but you know the um, I wrote a story with Russell Cecil a couple years back. We published it. It's basically about like speed frogging over grass mats, or not grass mats, but hay grass on uh, ye old uh, Sam Rayburn. Mm-hmm, and of course, mm-hmm. Christy used a prototype of this deal in an Elite Series event and did really well. And doing that, and I'm telling you. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in this frog, like very interested in this frog. I think get it around a little scattered milfoil on Champlain could be pretty interesting. So, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you'd seen it, if you'd used it. Now that you haven't, I'm just saying be aware of it. Look at one sometime. Uh, I got a black one, which I don't really like black frogs that much, but I'll use it. Uh, I'd be much more into like a green pumpkin version, uh, but. I'm weird about frog colors, so that's just me. Um, but anyhow, point is, I think it's got some potential. I look forward to seeing what it can do. Might have to, uh, might have to order up a couple. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, I wouldn't say uh, don't do it. Another thing, while we're on lures, uh, so I didn't really take Matt Airy's swim bait very seriously. I'll cop to that. The uh, Lunker mm-hmm. Hunt fetch. Uh, it is, I believe, a bait to be taken seriously. Um, (laughs) Lewis Smith kind of made you change your mind Yeah well honestly in practice I changed my mind because he was like Hey check this out And he shows me uh, 
like four of them on his deck, and they've got teeth marks literally all over them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, look at that. So anyhow, <laughs> guys, I not only did I order myself a pack of them, I've got a pack of them to test. I feel like I don't even need to test it, but they're going to get tested. Uh, so I'm all possibly all aboard the fetch train. It is a, it's a pretty good looking bait. Like it doesn't look, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a handcrafted, like super nice swim bait does, but like the zoom swimmer doesn't look like that either. And it's a really good bait. So it probably is smart to realize that there's room for not everything to be as baller looking as a Kitek or a trash fish and you can still catch fish on it well so. and aries swim bait isn't it's not designed to be like an all-around swim bait right it's like uh yeah it's a very specific the belly is like it kind of fins out on the side to help give it lift uh like throwing on a weightless hook i think he throws it on like a six aught a five yeah. or a six aught hook it's um, meant to be an ewg i think is how he how he rigs it yeah, it's definitely meant to be seen. It's not meant yeah. to be uh, fished in like, I don't know, just, it, it's basically, it's not meant to be put on a jig head. He doesn't even really use a belly weight. Some guys do, I think. He probably could if he wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely, it's for a very specific situation. But if you encounter that situation, which means if you live anywhere there's docks, then, well, anywhere definitely in the south, I don't know that if you live up north, you should like necessarily stock up on like a hundred fetches. I mean, it, it couldn't hurt, I suppose, but it probably can get the job done otherwise too. Um, right. Anyhow, I was like, you know what? Whatever. Matt Airy made a bait. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still going to use the 316 minnow or whatever it was. Yep. And lo and behold, I was wrong. <laughs> First time I've ever been wrong. Every other time <laughs> in my life, I've been right. You've been pretty dialed. Yeah. Anyhow, so props to the fetch. Uh, you can get them on places that sell baits. Uh, I guess that's the end of my that's the end of my spiel. I don't have any other uh, notes and quotes for you. Uh, I, well, I feel like we should give one shout out to uh, an email we got. I think it was right before Lewis Smith. Oh yeah, from uh, good old Mark. Yeah, Mark Blackstead, self-proclaimed email. Uh, MVP, which you totally are. Until uh, somebody else listening. proclaims it, he's definitely it. Yeah, yeah. But we, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, he definitely uh, wanted to give a shout-out for he's, – he's crushing it in fancy this year. So got to give him props. Uh, yeah, hopefully, why he's listening to us, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully in these last two you can keep finishing strong. Uh, we'll try to we'll try to get some more juice to deliver to the folks, which may help you, Mark. Uh, you know, do your thing. Um, he did have an interesting point in the email uh, with our discussion about the difference, like how we'd fare over Thrift and Chris Johnston going into St. Clair. I think that has changed slightly, obviously, with Mark Rose uh, leading and these other guys kind of chasing in there, but. Um, I think we could get more into that after Kentucky Lake. I feel like maybe Mark hit us back up after that, and we'll dive into that train. Yeah, uh, I do think, I mean, we're setting this all up like it's going to stay the same, and it might not, but, man, if it does, just the whole what do you need to do, what 
how much just watching Chris Johnson in this final event is going to be so crazy epic. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Agreed. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to follow him every single day of the event. We're not going to run a blog. I, I'm just going <laughs> to follow Chris Johnston. Um, yeah. Anyhow, you were saying. Uh, that was about it. That was really all I got. But thank you, Mark, for listening. Uh, and you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to say it right now. Folks, if you're listening, questions, comments, concerns, you know, you want to let us know what you're thinking, email us, podcast at flwfishing.com, and, uh, you know, you get a shout-out. Yeah, you want to vie for the title of email MVP, you better get on it. Because right now, he's kind of just walking away with it. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to at least put up some sort of fight. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I guess, uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, you can follow FLW all sorts of places. Uh, FLWfishing.com is probably the main place. Uh, mm-hmm. We're on mm-hmm. Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Snapchat. That's FLW Official. We're on YouTube. Day 5 should be out pretty soon, from what I understand. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, Kyle, you are at Kyle Lumber on Instagram. I'm at Jody Blanco on Instagram. Um, yes, sir. I think that's about it. Well, I think um, with that, uh, have fun in your travels and in your fish catching, Jody. We will talk to you in like a couple weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, and in my Ben and Jerry's getting. That was a free ah, yes. show piece, but yeah, it's happening. Yeah. yeah, you definitely need to get you some Ben and Jerry's. I'm sure if anyone follows you on Instagram, there will it will show up on your story guaranteed. Oh, 100%. Uh. <laughs> In fact, I did just screenshot that thing when it was on their story anyhow because it looks so delicious, so I may just put it up. <laughs> it sounds dang tasty. And actually, you know what? I'm kind of thinking I need some sort of, uh, I don't know, we have a Dairy Queen just down the way. I might go get me a little cookie dough blizzard or something for, for lunch oh, just because it's warm outside. I was going to get a outside. cookie dough blizzard the other day. They were out of cookie dough. What? Like, you got to be kidding me. How are you going to be out of cookie dough? You got like one job. That's what I'm saying. I got one with berries instead. It was still good. Also, oh, that's one of those new ones. The banana split blizzard, kind of a player. I don't. I feel like that might get overlooked in favor of a lot of candy related ones. Pretty good. A dark horse pick. Yeah, not saying it's the best. (laughs) I'm just saying it's an option. (laughs) But it's good. It's good. Well, uh, if anyone still listened to that, we thank you. And uh, with that, see ya. (laughs) 